The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman. Uh, my guest this hour is Kathy Lean, uh, who has a new book out called The Little Book of Currency Trading, How to Make Big Profits in the World of Forex. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Thank you for having me. Let's just start with a little bit of your background and how you uh, went through college and so on and ended up in the world of foreign exchange. Well, I actually started in the market probably more than 10 years ago. I mean, time flies fast. I um, went to NYU Stern School of Business. I actually have, have a unique background in the sense that I graduated college when most people graduate high school. So I actually graduated college when I was um, 18. So at the time, the market was still very um, it was very doing very well, and there was tons of jobs out there. So when I graduated college, I was looking at different investment banks to join, and I knew that I didn't want to be an investment banker because I was very, very into trading equities and the stock market and just kind of the market dynamics. So at the time, I got an offer to join J.P. Morgan Chase in their sales and um, trading department. Naturally, it was just J.P. Morgan at the time because they haven't quite merged with Chase. So. When I went through their sales and trading track, um, we got the opportunity to rotate through different groups. And one of the groups that I rotated in was actually foreign exchange trading. So that really stuck with me. I had a really great time with the um, team there on the interbank trading desk. And that turned into a full-time offer where I just kind of stayed on the desk and made markets and learned how to trade currencies. So I have a very unique background in the sense that I have an insider's view as well as an outsider's view. From an insider's perspective, I've made markets in the current different currencies. I've also prop traded um, currencies as well as interest rate derivatives and options as well as a number of different um, assets when uh, J.P. Morgan merged with Chase. After that, I decided that I wanted to move more into the research field and um, join a more emerging firm because that was still when everyone was getting involved in dot-coms. And at the time, I joined what was um, a very small company at the time known as FXCM. It only had about uh, 50 people. And when I joined them, they asked me to help them start the research team. And that's what I did for them. I built up, you know, an entire research department and um, created a site that became very, very popular. And that company ballooned to, you know, 500 people. And this year actually went, um, or actually 2010, went public. So um, another company actually asked me to join them two years ago to kind of replicate the same success. So right now I'm, you know, with a, with a separate um, foreign exchange broker doing the same thing. But all of it really entails teaching people how to trade and um, providing them with different types of um, ideas on how to approach the market. Very good. Now, the common perception of most investors would be that foreign exchange trading is you know, too sophisticated, takes too much money, there's too much risk. Uh, it's just something that should be led, left to institutional investors. What, what is wrong with that view? Well, taking um, all those points that you, you said separately, I mean, first of all, taking 
um, too much money. That's not necessarily the case because you can open up a account with a foreign exchange broker with as little as 250 U.S. dollars. So that's actually you know, not a very significant amount of money, and so that's really um, indicates that the barrier of entry has um, fallen significantly. Now, too risky is a correct point because the foreign exchange market is quite risky. And the reason why it's risky is because even though you can open up an account with $250, what happens with that $250 is that it gets leveraged significantly. In the U.S., when you were trading the major currencies, that gets leveraged 50 times. And that's huge because in stocks, at most, people are usually trading two times leverage. In futures, usually people trade five times leverage. So 50 times leverage is very, very significant. Now, some people look at leverage as um, a, a positive because it can exacerbate their gains and make their dollars much have, um, have much more uh, buy, stronger buying power. But there's also a huge disadvantage to leverage, which is that you know it can exacerbate the profits as well as the losses. So that's where the riskiness comes into play, which is that and the swings will be much more significant on a percentage basis in a smaller account. So the key here is that um, a broker may offer you 50 times leverage, but you don't need to use all of that. You can allocate a smaller percent of your account to each trade. Because if you think about it, on a day-to-day -day basis, currencies actually do not move that much. For example, the euro dollar or the British pound on a rather volatile day will move maybe 2 to 3%. And 3% is a very, very volatile day. On average, it moves probably about 1%. So 1% on a day cash and cash is really not a very big move. But if you put on 50 times leverage, I mean, that's a huge move. So that's why, you know, the, there is a lot of risk in trading currencies, but it's manageable if you use stops or you only allocate a small percentage of your account to any one trade. And then how about the level of sophistication? I mean, this book, right. uh, the little book of currency trading, is kind of designed for the, the beginner who really doesn't know much about currency trading. What level of sophistication do you need to be able to be successful in this? I actually think that um, the playing field, the um, knowledge to trade currencies, is, um, is, is declines uh, quite a bit because, first of all, the world has become much more globalized in the past few decades. So if we pick up the New York Times or any other newspaper, you're going to be reading about the big stories that um, are making headlines all around the world. I mean, many people, regardless of whether they're trading currencies or only trading stocks, may have heard that there's tons of problems in Europe in terms of the debt crisis. So one of the great things about currencies is that you can tr turn those headlines into trading opportunities. If Europe is, you know, is, is struggling to deal with this debt crisis, most likely it's going to be bearish for the euro. If you think that the Federal Reserve is going to keep interest rates unchanged for the entire year because there's no chance the labor market's improving, that can be translated into trading currencies as well. For those people who um, have been trading stocks primarily using technical analysis, which basically means reading charts, that type of analysis is actually very, very common in the FX market. So you can analyze currencies the same way that you analyze equity if you're looking at technical analysis. So based upon how you approach the market, you can take it in the same way. And I also think in some ways, you know, currency trading is easier because rather than having to cherry pick between thousands and thousands of stocks and find the one with the best um, P ratios or 
the best yields. With currencies, we generally only focus on the eight largest economy or eight most developed economies in the world. And these are the ones that are reported in the papers every day. I mean, everyone probably knows that Australia is drowning in floods right now. And that has taken a huge toll on the Australian dollar. So the stories that you read in the papers can be translated into trades. Your first chapter is what you call When Lightning Strikes, uh, Financial Crises and the Rise of Currency Trading. What has been happening in the past decade or so that has made currency trading so important? Well, what that chapter is really about is talking about all the um, large and small disasters we've had over the past couple of years. The large one was the global financial crisis, and that's one that, you know, is still very fresh in many of our minds. A more recent one that is slightly smaller in degree is a European sovereign debt crisis. And the whole point of this chapter is talking about how, you know, it has been an increasing um, trend to use currencies to hedge some of these um, global risks. The Bank of International Settlements, um, when they released their most recent uh, triennial foreign exchange survey, and then they provide the details on why foreign exchange volume increased 20% over the past three years, they said that it's partially due to the fact that some um, institutions are using currencies as hedges. So what does that mean? That means that, you know, first of all, during the financial crisis, you know, everything was pretty much selling off. And that was true in currencies as well. You had currencies like the euro, the Australian dollar, the British pound falling significantly, and the U.S. dollar rising. So what some people did was they turned to the currency market because there's no um, sort of restrictions on selling in the currencies, unlike there may be in stocks. So people turned to currencies to kind of hedge, and you know, if stocks were falling, oftentimes you would see um, the euro dollar or dollar yen falling as well. So they would turn around, they would sell dollar yen as a hedge to some of their equity exposures. So the point um, that this chapter makes is that that when lightning strikes, you may want to look for opportunities elsewhere. At the same time, currencies provide a vehicle for diversification. So that is something also that we all should have learned as a consequence of the global financial crisis, which is we shouldn't put all our eggs in one basket. We should be much more diversified. And currencies as an asset class can provide that diversification. When you're anticipating uh, lightning striking, which is not easy to do, uh, how do you position yourself? I mean, for example, right now, We've been through the Greek crisis. We've been through the Irish crisis. The current uh, worry is about Portugal. Uh, if you see something coming, you don't know exactly when it's going to happen. How do you position yourself in currencies to take advantage of that? Because there can be a lot of volatility moment to moment based on whether they think it's going to work one way or, or work another. Correct. And there's a couple ways to do this. I mean, one would be to take a much smaller position that will only hedge a small percentage of your portfolio using FX Spot. There's also FX options that you can use to hedge your position. I, but I think more importantly, though, is that when lightning strikes, usually it's not a one-day affair. It, it's something that the market will be focusing on for weeks and sometimes months at a time. So you don't need to be um, the first one to the game. You don't need to predict the time, exact timing when the lightning strikes. Because you know, when it strikes, you're going to see you know, double-digit declines in many asset classes. And so you can still get in later um, after the news and the you know, big um, problems have broken and before actually putting on your trades. You, you have a chapter called the uh, A to Z's of Forex. We won't be able to go through all of it. But what are some of the basics that people do need to know in order to be able to trade uh, Forex? 
Well, the A to Z of Forex trading is just kind of a basic guide on some of the terms that are used in currencies. For example, it's important to know um, the B is base, B and C are base currency and counter currency. That means that currencies are traded in pairs. So the value of the euro dollar, euro US dollar currency pair is going to be affected by what happens in the eurozone as well as what happens in the US. And so it's important to to remember because when one currency goes up, the other one is going down, so it can be affected by economic, political, and social developments in both of these countries. Another um, one that is unique to currencies um, would be PIP. Um, PIP basically stands for um, it stands for a percent in point, which is the smallest standardized incremental change for a currency. So basically, it's usually the last um, digit, and it represents what each point move is worth. So if, let's say, you have a standardized account um, at um, 10,000, trading 10,000 units, a one pip or one point move would basically um, represent approximately one dollar. And that would take the euro dollar, for example, from 130.15 to maybe 130.16. So those are two of the unique terms in the markets. You're basically saying people should trade in the most liquid, bigger currencies because you can get in and out of them quite easily. The, the euro, the yen, the Japanese, uh, the uh, Canadian, the American, US dollar, That's they shouldn't be you have a chapter here you talk about Thailand bots and Russian rubles. You're saying really not to play in those fields. Is that right? Right. When you are new to the currency market, it's really important to focus on the most liquid currencies. Because when you focus on liquid currencies, there is a, a smaller opportunity of these unexplained gaps in the market. Usually the spread, which is you know, the cost of trading in um, currencies, is smaller when you're trading these you know, actively traded currency pairs. And they just move more orderly and tend to be more trending. So when new traders approach the market, I typically recommend that they stay with maybe the euro dollar, British pound, as well as the um, US dollar Japanese yen currency pair. However, I also say that you know if you're not in the U.S., for example, and you live in Australia, then it may make sense to trade the Australian dollar because you are much more familiar with what's going on in that country. Or if you travel to um, the U.K. a lot, you may know what's going on there. If you travel to um, uh, Korea a lot, you may know what's going on there. So it's partially um, important to trade what you know. It's also important to trade what you know, everyone's focusing on. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Kathy Lean. Uh, she is the author of a new book called The Little Book of Currency Trading, How to Make Big Profits in the World of Forex. We'll be back after this. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Hi, this is Jordan Goodman, host of The Money Answer Show. I cordially invite you to join me and some of my favorite investing experts for The Money Answers Investing Cruise from February 12th through February 19th, 2011, on board Holland America's luxurious MS Eurodam. In this volatile investing environment, good advice is more important than ever, and this exclusive Caribbean cruise offers not only fun, but also a full week of highly informative events with me and other top investing experts like Ray Lucia and Charles Payne from Fox News Network. During seminars, panel discussions, and Q&As, 
at cocktail parties and at dinners, we will discuss current market conditions and the best places for your investment dollars. Meanwhile, luxuriate in the amenities of Holland America's newest ship and visit some of the best ports for shopping, sightseeing, and sunning. For more information, go to www.moneyanswerscruise.com or call 800-707-1634. That's 800-707-1634. And don't delay because spaces are limited. Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show with your coach, Rick Carrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Carrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment rising to levels not seen since the Great Depression. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time noon pacific time on the voice america business channel from the boardroom to you voice america business network you've been listening to the money answer show with jordan goodman if you have a question for jordan or his guest please call us now at 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 now back to jordan Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Kathy Lean. Uh, her new book is called The Little Book of Currency Trading, How to Make Big Profits in the World of Forex. Uh, she is currently a Director of Currency Research for Global Forex Trading. Welcome back to the show, Kathy. Thank you so much. You've got a chapter called Step Right Up, uh, Getting Started in Forex. What are some of the things people need to do to get started in trading foreign exchange? Well, when it comes to trading currencies, um, one of the wonderful things about the foreign exchange market is that you don't need to dive right in and just open an account and buy something and trade blind. There's actually a nice little step-by-step process that a lot of um, foreign exchange market makers or brokers have created for people. And the way it works is that you know, a lot of people, they usually start the market with a, what we call a demo account. And a demo account is basically an account that tracks real price action. So all the prices in the account um, are live market prices. But the money that you're trading with is virtual money, so it's not real money. And that allows you to kind of practice um, trading, get used to the trading station, figure out how much each point is worth, become comfortable with the charting package, learn what drives the markets, and actually you know, try to make some money in this demo trading account. So once you feel comfortable with this demo trading account, then what people usually graduate to is what we call a mini account. A mini account is one-tenth the size of a regular account. So you're still trading um, real money because when we trade real money, the psychological element of trading real money can make you behave um, differently. So 
It allows you to trade real money. Make sure you're th- that you're also still making money trading um, when you add in real funds. And once you've gone over that hurdle is when you can open up an, a, a more standardized account or a larger account with a broker. So there's a step-by-step process um, in terms of doing this. Now, that is in regards to um, FX spot trading, of course. There's also many other instruments to use to trade currencies. There are ETFs, there are options, there are um, futures. So in terms of figuring out which instrument is right for you, it's really based upon you know what types of accounts you have, what type of risk appetite. Some people may be familiar with trading futures. There's pros and cons of each, and that's something um, that is important to think about as well. There are many different brokers um, around the world that offer currency trading. For American investors, the most important thing is to deal with a broker that is um, that is regulated by the National Futures Association and the um, CFTC, because there. I mean, that means that at least you have um, some sort of regulatory body making sure that these companies are doing what is um, legal, what is legitimate, and not really trying to be um, too fraudulent. That's, I think, the minimum of what you should look for. Also, the CFTC publishes on their website um, capitalization figures for the brokers that are registered um, with them. So that's kind of important because you want to trade with a large house. You don't necessarily want to trade with someone who may not be able to afford you know, a big extreme move in the market. So definitely take a look at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission website because they've got a lot of information on different brokers there. And then finally, you know, it's important to call up the broker and to find out what kind of service they can offer you, what kind of value adds. Because there's so much um, competition in this industry right now, there's um, a lot of things that are offered for free that someone would normally pay hundreds of dollars for, such as real-time news, real-time charts, some value-added education, mobile platforms. So call up your broker, make sure they can, um, you know, offer you the good customer service as well as education that you need because you don't need to dive right in. It's important to you know, become comfortable with the market before you actually start trading for real. One thing that would be easy for some people would be exchange-traded funds. I mean, there are ETFs for specific currencies for the Canadian dollar and the Japanese yen and all that, um, and you can buy a currency as a stock, in effect. Isn't that an easier way for some people to get started instead of taking on all the leverage of Forex trading directly? It is. But um, there are also disadvantages to that because the foreign exchange market trades 24 hours a day. So it would be very difficult for people to get in and out of their positions once the U.S. markets have closed. So that's a huge disadvantage of ETFs. If you have a long-term view on currencies and, you're want, and you want to hold the position for um, a year or six months, that may not be such a big deal. But because things happen overnight, if you're trading the euro dollar, we could have you know um, Portugal or Spain all of a sudden need a bailout during the European hours, and it would be very difficult for um, a stock trader to necessarily get out. And then also, if you put your stop orders in, you may have more gaps if these big events happen overnight. And the cost of trading um, usually is less favorable than um, the trading directly in the underlying, which is the spot. How much time should people uh, allocate to do currency trading if they're going to want to be successful at it? I think that everyone needs to look at this um, as a as a legitimate asset class and as a investment. So the amount of time that they would put into learning how to trade stocks is probably a similar amount of time they want to put into learning how to trade um, currencies. 
Because the way you want to approach it is that in the beginning you need to do more work because you need to learn how the mechanics of the market works. You need to learn um, what moves currencies on a daily as well as an intraday basis. But once you got that down, it's just a matter of following up on the developments. And usually, um, from my experience, when we have um, traders that are kind of trading it in a short to medium term basis, they probably dedicate maybe an hour or two a day just kind of following the markets. But usually this is fun because you're reading stories, you're reading news, you're reading analysis. So um, it's just a matter of how long you want to hold the position for. If you're looking to hold the position for uh, six months to a year, then you obviously don't have to spend as much time um, learning about the markets or reading about it because not much will really change um, during, you know, if you have such a long trading holding pattern. What are some techniques people can use to protect themselves? I mean, say they've got other jobs and you know, they're doing other things. They can't be watching the market uh, that much. Uh, stop loss orders. And what, what are some of the things that they can use to protect themselves, both to capture profits and avoid losses while they're not watching? The best way would be to use um, stop and limit orders. Because if you use stop and limit orders, you can go about your business and, um, you know, go to work or, you know, um, take care of your kids and just let the positions kind of work themselves out using the stop and limit orders. And I think that's very important because anything can happen, you know, while you're not watching the screen, especially when you're going to sleep overnight and when the Asian markets and the European markets are open. So it's important to, you know, at least have stop there, even if the stop is a little bit further away and, you know, um, and not something you think can be hit um, while you're gone. It's still important to have them there just in case something happens. You have a chapter called Movers and Shakers, uh, What Causes Currencies to Go Up and Down. And again, we can't get into all of them. What are some of the major imp uh, uh, reasons why currencies would go up or down? Currencies move um, based upon a couple things. And usually it's centered around um, either a political or an economic or a social um, problem in, or issue in the country. So... Typically, when we're looking at the big moves in currencies, and when we say big, we mean the 10 to 15% moves, these are usually triggered by the big stories. So it could be like the sovereign debt crisis in Europe. It could be the floods in Australia. It could be the global financial crisis um, that hit the entire world. And that um, is something that could move and determine the trend for currencies for months to come. On a smaller time frame, we've got day-to-day um, -day economic data. And when you're we're trading the most developed countries in the world, usually economic data you know, from the U.S., for example, is released on a daily basis. For example, you know, tomorrow we've got the retail sales report, and tomorrow being you know, Friday, the uh, 14th of January, we've got the retail sales report. Basically, those are the things that can um, move currencies on an intraday basis. And it's still a fairly significant move because it can easily trigger a 50 to 100 pip move in the currency. And a 50 to 100 pip move in currency um, can be very large depending upon your size account, how many lots you have open, and so forth. So we've got, on one hand, the big stories. On the other hand, you've got the day-to-day -day economic data. So depending upon your holding pattern, there's different things you can, you can focus on. So say you know an economic number's coming out, CPI, or you know, some particular number. Uh, are you as a trader supposed to have an opinion about what's going to happen, it's going to go up high, low, and then put a trade in in advance of that number coming out, assuming you think it's going to go one way or the other, or are you supposed to wait till the number comes out and then react? What's the best way to, to trade when those economic numbers you know are going to be coming out? 
that's really up to you. If you have a very good sense of what the economic number is going to be released at, you could put the, put the trade beforehand. If you have no clue how to predict the economic release, you can play the, put the trade on afterwards. I mean, sometimes people think it's very mind-boggling to predict a piece of economic data, and that may be true, but certain pieces may not be so difficult. I mean, for example, um, Many people know that food and energy costs have been skyrocketing lately, so it would not be too much of a stretch to take an educated guess that maybe producer prices or consumer prices will increase. But if you have no clue what's going to happen on the trade balance, then what you may want to do is wait for the number to come out, see how the market responds to it. If it's a very big surprise, usually there's a continuation um, that will last for maybe an hour or so, and there's you know a, a bit of an opportunity to get in. When you put the trade on before the economic release, um, comes out, uh, usually there's, if you're right, you know, the move will happen relatively quickly. If you're wrong, usually you're stopped out, and um, you have more, can more, have more favorable risk-reward um, ratios. When you wait for the news to come out, you may have the market react already before you get in. So you might have to be a little bit more um, conservative and take your profits um, quickly because they're the part of the move may have already happened. So you have to think about um, that um, from different perspectives depending upon uh, how much of the surprise there is in the economic data. You also said the direction of interest rates is very important. How do interest rates affect currencies? Yes, interest rates are extremely important. If there's just one thing that you focus on in terms of fundamentals and what drives currency on a fundamental basis, it needs to be interest rates. Now, interest rates are two very simple words, but there's a lot that goes into them, obviously, because an interest rate change by a central bank is determined by inflation, growth, labor market, retail sales, all those different things. But at the end of the day, you know, the direction of interest rates is the most important driver of currencies because we live in a globalized world right now. And so it's fairly easy for a lot of institutions and large um, um, players to move their money from country to country in seek of the highest yield. So usually um, currencies of countries that are either raising interest rates or have high interest rates um, tend to do better than the currencies of countries with low interest rates or interest rates that are declining. So this is something that's very important to remember this coming year, because this coming year you're going to have um, certain central banks talk about um, increasing interest rates, having already you know, cut them significantly during the global financial crisis. I mean, this will be a year when a lot of central banks are tightening. So who tightens first, who tightens most aggressively will, um, will determine which currencies perform the best. I mean, for example, today, um, or more recently, we had the European Central Bank turn hawkish, and they said, you know, maybe we could think about raising interest rates because inflationary pressures um, are increasing. And that drove, you know, quite a bit of a rally in the euro dollar. In contrast, the Federal Reserve has been very lackadaisy. I mean, they said, yes, um, inflation is increasing, but unemployment is still very high, so, you know, we really can't do, do, don't want to do anything with interest rates. And that affects how currencies trade on both the short-term as well as a long-term basis. So what you're trying to do is predict what, where rates are going to go up and go down, and in general go long the countries where rates are going to go up and go short the countries where they're low are going to go down. Is that correct? On the most basic level, yes. And what I say is you need to put yourselves in the shoes of a central banker. A lot of people do that already when they trade U.S. stocks um, or the indexes, and you can kind of transfer the same sort of view to currencies. Uh, now, sometimes you, you'll anticipate something will happen, it happens, and then the market reacts the exact opposite of what you'd expect. How are you supposed to deal with something like that? 
And that is why I have a little rule in my book about waiting until um, about five minutes after the economic report is released, because by that time, you will know whether, number one, the market cares about the number, um, and number two, whether you know there's some sort of details beneath the headline that you may now have seen. Because if um, the headline number is really good, but and you think, okay, the market should be, the currency should be rallying based upon this, but then it starts to fall, and later on, it's because the market uh, realizes that the details of the report are not as good as the headline number, um, that can you know affect your trade. But within the first five minutes, usually the market is able to figure that out. So um, you want to make sure that the um, price action corresponds with the surprise. So the, the market doesn't always get it right the first time. It might have an initial reaction and then change later. So you're supposed well, to kind of listen to the market is what you're saying. Exactly. I mean, one common example um, you know, when we were looking at the non-farm payrolls report, had all those census jobs that were coming out. Um, we had some ones where there was very good non-farm payrolls, but it was all due to census jobs, so it was not as significant. And, I mean, with the non-farm payrolls report, now we get both the headline number as well as the public sector job growth and the private sector job growth. And... Um, and that's the type of details that people are looking at. I mean, same thing with the ISM reports that we get regularly. If um, the ISM number may be strong, but the details may show that, oh, you know, employment is not so good. So sometimes it takes a little bit for the market to, real, to, to, dig, deep, to dig deep enough in the report to really get a sense of what the number is telling us. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Kathy Lean. Uh, her new book is called The Little Book of Currency Trading. How to Make Big Profits in the World of Forex. We'll be back after this. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. Hi, this is Jordan Goodman, host of The Money Answer Show. I cordially invite you to join me and some of my favorite investing experts for The Money Answers Investing Cruise from February 12th through February 19th, 2011 on board Holland America's luxurious MS Eurodam. In this volatile investing environment, good advice is more important than ever, and this exclusive Caribbean cruise offers not only fun, but also a full week of highly informative events with me and other top investing experts like Ray Lucia and Charles Payne from Fox News Network. During seminars, panel discussions, and Q&As, at cocktail parties and at dinners, we will discuss current market conditions and the best places for your investment dollars. Meanwhile, luxuriate in the amenities of Holland America's newest ship and visit some of the best ports for shopping, sightseeing, and sunning. For more information, go to www.moneyanswerscruise.com or call 800-707-1634. That's 800-707-1634. And don't delay, because spaces are limited. 
In the United States today, women make up the majority of the workforce and the general population. It's time to lead and leverage this influence. Succeed Like a Woman with host Rhonda Jones Sparks will address topics that are relevant to women at any stage of their lives, from starting their career to leadership at the top. We'll hear from the most prominent women leaders who will offer support and guidance and common sense advice to help you fulfill your leadership potential. Tune in to Succeed Like a Woman with Rhonda Jones-Sparks every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman. My guest this hour is Kathy Lean. Her new book is called The Little Book of Currency Trading, How to Make Big Profits in the World of Forex. Uh, Kathy is also Director of Currency Research for Global Forex Trading. Welcome back to the show, Kathy. Thank you so much. You talk about the difference between investors or traders and finding what's right for you. Is it a matter of time frame, how long you're going to hold things, or, or what's the difference between investors and traders? I think it's a matter of lifestyle. And the reason why I say that is because everyone is different. Um, some people may have plenty of time to sit there and watch the screens. Other people um, are unable to sit glued in front of the computer screen. I mean, they maybe have a job where they attend meetings throughout the course of the day, or um, they're kind of, you know, working the floor at a hospital or anywhere else. And so it's really important to find a trading style that fits your own lifestyle as well as your own personality. And one example I like to give is that um, you know a couple of years ago, I was at a trade show and I gave a presentation on you know making sure that you fit your trading to your personality and not the other way around. And I was speaking to this gentleman, and he basically and we were you know discussing you know his um, his lifestyle and his personality, and he said that he wants to be um, a long term trader and he wants to hold his positions for a couple of days, and you know usually he has a stop that's maybe one percent, and he's look, trying to look for a two percent move, but he has you know a lot of difficulties um, staying in the trade, and you know we kind of discussed it further, and he told me that he would sit there glued to the computer screen, and every you know five pip move against him, he would start to get very agitated and um, doubt his own position and whether he should be in it and so forth. And that's clearly indicates that even though he wants to trade long term, he has a much more shorter term mindset. I cannot, is not patient enough to sit with a trade and realize that sometimes it has to move a little bit against you before it moves in your favor. So you know, in that case, um, you know, I recommend to him that maybe you want to think more about short term trading because that seems to fit your, your personality more and you um, may not be so so uh, reactionary to every you know one pit move for or against you. Another example that um, I give you know from meeting people is that I had this gentleman um, in Malaysia, and he told me that you know he likes to trade breakouts, 
And um, what he tends to do is he likes to wake up in the morning and he has, you know, um, only the daytime to trade because he, you know, works late into the night. So he likes to wake up in the morning and look for breakout trading opportunities. So he turns on his computer screen and he looks for ranges and he just kind of, you know, trades breakouts. But he got stopped out a lot. And the reason for that is because, you know, in the morning in a- in Asia is actually the qu- is actually afternoon here in the U.S. So it's the quietest time in the markets. And so a lot of the breakouts become fake-outs. And so that's, you know, kind of important to, to realize because um, you need to make sure that you find the right time of day and the right, you know, thing that fits your personality as well as your lifestyle. And I think that, you know, we've seen plenty of people in history make money as short-term traders, plenty of people in history make money as long-term traders. So it's not really a matter of the holding time. It's a matter of what works for you. Uh, just explain up front to people how much they could potentially lose. I mean, if, if we're talking about buying a stock, stock could go down. If you're trading Forex and the trade goes against you and you are not stopped out, can you end up having to put more money in and, in effect, have a margin call? The way a lot of um, FX brokers operate is that once you meet um, the minimum amount required for each of your position, it automatically gets closed out. So there's you know, hasn't been an occurrence where there's been a margin call at all. I mean, if the world kind of evaporates one day, I can't say that that won't be true. But, um, you know, generally speaking, there's you know, no need to kind of refund your um, account um, at, when you receive a, you know, phone call by your broker saying that, you know, if you don't put this X amount of money in your position, you know, we're going to close out. It's an automatic um, the, the, the amount of money that you put up is the automatic kind of stop in case you don't have a stop. So all you can lose is but, what you've got in there, is what you're saying? Uh, basically, you know, generally the positions are, um, the losses are limited to the amount that you have in your account. Okay. And, but one thing I want to tell you is that the difference between stocks and currency is that, is that much more often you have a stock go to zero or near zero than you have a currency. I mean, you do have cases of devaluation of currencies in the past, but even that, the currency may not have gone to zero. So um, that's something to keep in mind. Obviously, that doesn't matter so much when you don't have enough capital in your account to to, to even um, support yourself against a 15% move in your position. But that's something that's different between currencies and equities. If you don't want to do some of this yourself, what do you think about the idea of having a managed currencies account for you? And typically, how much would you have to invest to get into one of those kind of accounts? I actually don't have um, too much information on that. There hasn't been a huge industry in terms of managed um, FX accounts available to individual investors. The only thing I can advise people is make sure you do a lot of due diligence on the manager that you um, that you're interested in. Make sure that they not only have a hypothetical track record, but they have a live track record. Make sure they're registered um, with the CFTC and the NFA. Um, make sure that they are domiciled in the U.S. and not somewhere in the Caribbean. So try to do, do the basic due diligence to make sure that you're dealing with a legitimate money manager, not someone who's going to run away with your money the next day. Okay. You've seen that happen, I guess, then, him? And just as in any other market, it's happened before. Indeed. I think, actually, Alan Stanford, remember the guy who ran off with $8 billion? He wasn't doing currency trading, as I remember. Yes. Bernie Madoff also ran off with much more than that. So yeah. I, I think, think he said he was doing know, currency scams trading. Scams exist <laughs> in every market, and it's important to do your due diligence. 
Before we go on, uh, tell people a little bit about a website that you have for your company if they want to fo follow up further with you and uh, find out about what your company offers. I have um, two websites. One of them is um, kathylean.com, which is just a blog where I kind of give my thoughts in the markets and you know any additional information I think is noteworthy. Also, um, I have a site called BK Forex Advisors, which um, gives trading signals and you know gives information on trading currencies. And I also write commentary on a daily basis for a website known as fx360.com. Very good. Okay, uh, now you have a chapter on what all winners do. Uh, they must follow rules uh, for trading in Forex, and the first one is to stay uh, with a trend. That sounds like the opposite of what the guy you were just saying wants to break out, uh, be kind of going against the trend, but w why is it important to stay with a trend? It's important because when you trade currencies, you're dealing with countries. So the economic outlook for a country usually gets progressively better or gets progressively worse. And so what you typically have is that currencies will move in one direction for extended period of time. I mean, it can move, um, for example, you've seen the euro dollar. It basically rallied um, between between you know 2000 and two all the way up to 2008 with only little retracements along the way and then when it started to fall it fell very quickly in 2008 and it you know had very little retracement within 4 months and then more recently you've seen a little bit of consolidation but between um December or let me see the exact date between November of 2010 and the present, the currency pair fell 10%, and once again, there was little opportunities, um, there was little sort of retracement opportunities or bottom fishing opportunities. So the point that I want to make is that currencies can move in one direction for a long period of time, and long is whatever you define as long. It could be days, weeks, months, and sometimes even years. So I think that it's much better to look for opportunities to join the trend than fade it, because when the market gets into one mindset, it usually just kind of moves in that mindset for um, for some time. And when it turns, it usually will turn big. I mean, the turn will also last for a couple of days, weeks, months, and sometimes even years. So I think that fighting the trend and picking up the bottom can be very difficult, because just as we've seen the euro dollar between November and present, it was a 10% move. So when it moved 3%, you might have thought maybe that was a good buy opportunity. When it moved 5%, you may have thought it was a good buying opportunity. And maybe 10% it was a good buying opportunity, but just kept on falling, falling, falling. And maybe now it's a good buy, but we don't, won't know until after the fact. What, what are the, the um, key indicators that show that a trend is changing, going from one direction to the other? There's a lot of different indicators that people can use. Um, one of the indicators that I talk about in my book is um, something rather unique. It's what I call the double Bollinger Bands. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of detail to go into, and I have some charts in the book. So it's important to just kind of look at the charts to understand that. On a most fundamental level, though, um, you know, something like moving averages can help you get a gauge of whether the trend is up or down. Generally speaking, you know, if the price is a trading well above a moving average, usually it means that it's in the uptrend. If trading way, well or below a moving average, usually it means that it's in a downtrend. Okay. One of the other things you say is people should bag their winners quickly. I thought it was the other. You're supposed to let your winners run and cut your losses short. That's actually, you know, acknowledging the fact that, 
you know, leverage is a double-edged sword in FX, meaning that it can exacerbate your profits. It can also exacerbate your losses. So because the moves be- uh, are um, – are so exponential due to leverage. I think that you know the way for people to, to survive in this market is to take off you know part of the position at a um, relatively conservative um, rate. You know, don't be too greedy with that. And then what I recommend people do is move their stop to break even on the rest of the position, and then kind of trail the stop to to then participate in as much of the profit as possible. So what you're doing is you're bagging part of your winners quickly. You're moving your stop and the rest of the position to break even. So if it continues continues to move in your favor, great. If it reverses and stops you out, no big deal because you still made money in the first half of the position. And then maybe you'll be able to participate in the broader trend that may um, manifest itself once the move really gets going. You talk about the T1, T2 method uh, in, in taking some profits. Explain how that works briefly. That's exactly um, what um, I was just talking about, which is T1 is having the first target, well, you know, which you want to have as a more conservative rate that is closer to where you entered. And then you want to go for T2, which is the second target, which is a you know, much higher up and maybe a much more favorable risk-reward ratio. And you also say it's important to know when to say no. Uh, how, how can you psychologically say no if something's going for you or against you? The way you do that is um, basically establish where your stop should be in the beginning and sticking with it. Because I always say that you know, you're most rational before you have your trade on and the most irrational once you have it on. So once you have it on, you're thinking you know, completely irrationally. So it's important to, you know, when you're looking at your charts and you're trying to figure out and planning a trade, to determine where your stop will be at that time before you put your trade on and just kind of stick with it. Okay, so you're saying uh, if you're an investor uh, and not a trader, what are some of the things you need to do? You're going to have a longer-term perspective and have wider stops. Is that right? What are some of the things you need to do as an investor? Basically, you need to you know, look at it from a more broader perspective and don't be swayed by the more short-term moves um, in a currency because a lot of short-term moves can happen on a day-to-day basis, but the trend may remain intact. But one thing I just wanted to mention, going back to the point that you were saying that um, – saying no, which is that being flat is also a trade. Not taking a trade is also a trade. You know, going long and going short are not the only trades that you take in the market because staying out of the market is a choice as well. I mean, a lot of times um, you may want to take the trade for the sake of trading, but that may actually, you know, um, be a bad trade and cut into your position. So you want to make sure you take only um, – you want to make sure that you are able to say no to trades as well. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Kathy Lean. Uh, her book is called The Little Book of Currency Trading, How to Make Big Profits in the World of Forex. We'll be back after that. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Hi, this is Jordan Goodman, host of The Money Answer Show. I cordially invite you to join me and some of my favorite investing experts for the Money Answers Investing Cruise from February 12th through February 19th, 2011, on board Holland America's luxurious MS Eurodam. In this volatile investing environment, good advice is more important than ever. And this exclusive Caribbean cruise 
offers not only fun, but also a full week of highly informative events with me and other top investing experts like Ray Lucia and Charles Payne from Fox News Network. During seminars, panel discussions, and Q&As, at cocktail parties and at dinners, we will discuss current market conditions and the best places for your investment dollars. Meanwhile, luxuriate in the amenities of Holland America's newest ship and visit some of the best ports for shopping, sightseeing, and sunning. For more information, go to www.moneyanswerscruise.com or call 800-707-1634. That's 800-707-1634. And don't delay, because spaces are limited. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. If you're looking to improve your business results and get the truth about your business performance, then tune in each week to The Smart Behaviors Radio Show with host Joe Takish. Each week, a high-profile guest with a proven track record will discuss successful behaviors that will improve your business objectives and your bottom line. Tune in to The Smart Behaviors Radio Show every Friday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Kathy Lean. Uh, Her new book is called The Little Book of Currency Trading, How to Make Big Profits in the World of Forex. Kathy is Director of Currency Research for Global Forex Trading. Welcome back to the show, Kathy. Thank you. You talk about uh, risky business and how to protect your money in uncertain times. What are some ways that Forex trading allows you to do that? When it comes to forex trading, you know, being able to diversify your um, the different investments that you have is a way to protect yourself. I mean, basically, um, you know, we talked about how you don't want to have you know all of your eggs in one basket, but the point that I actually um, make in the chapter is how to. Um, pick high probability trades, how to protect your money by picking only the, you know, the best trades. And, you know, best is a very, um, uh, is a very uh, unclear word because, you know, many things are determined as best. But what I meant is looking only for high probability trades. So what do high probability trades mean? I mean, high probability trades mean trades that are supported by as many factors as possible. So, for example, you may look to go long euros. And um, typically, when you want to go long euros, you know, what I would like to see is both the fundamental picture, which is the story um, supports the trade. So if I want to go long euros, I may want to look for, you know, a time when I think, you know, there's going to be a couple pieces of good economic data. Maybe um, a lot of other investors believe that the sovereign debt crisis in Europe is over. 
B, you want to see that um, the technical picture and the price action charts also supports the trade. And then C, you want to make sure that the sentiment, the overall sentiment in the market is also supported the trade. So you want fundamentals, technicals, and sentiment to all line up and you know, give you what could be a high probability trade. And when it comes to sentiment, what that means is that you know, typically the euro dollar does well when um, traders are optimistic, when the stock market's rallying, when people are willing to take on a little bit more risk. So you know, that would be something that would be conducive for the trade. So you want as many stars lined up in your favor as possible, and um, that is how you could protect your money in uncertain times in the sense that you, know, you only take, pick the best trades. We don't have the time to go through to all of them, but you talk about the top top ten mistakes for forex trading, and just briefly, some of them. You say trading out of boredom or anger is a mistake. Why do people do that? Because some people they um, just want to be in the market, and they're bored. They turn on their computer and they say, "Oh, look, the euro has fallen, you know, a hundred points today. Maybe it's a good time to buy." And that's probably the worst reason to buy. You want to buy because um, of a trading strategy you have, because of a previous reason that you've established. You don't want to buy just because the currency pair has fallen, and so. You want to make sure you only look for trading setups and not um, trade and put on position just because of boredom. Now, in regards to anger, that's more um, in in, about revenge trading because sometimes people will you know, lose a lot of money and um, they feel the need to just go ahead and get it all back and revenge trade. And that's actually the most dangerous time uh, for any trader to trade, um, which is right after a major loss, because you make many impulsive, irrational decisions that often lead to complete destruction of the account. So it's much better to when you have a loss to chip away at the profits a little bit at a time and gain it back, you know, in step by step manner. You're saying having unrealistic expectations is another big mistake. This whole field is kind of filled with high expectations because you've got all this leverage and fast moves. How is it possible not to have unrealistic expectations? That is really the key to trading currencies, which is people have to get out of the mindset that this is um, the place to make the big profits. They need to, and they need to think of it as just another asset class. What are you happy with when you buy a stock? Maybe you're happy with a 5% move in your favor, and then you'll close the trade on 5% move. Maybe you're happy with a 10% move in your favor. And that's the way you have to think about it, which is that because the currency is leveraged, you can't think about it as a 10% move in the um, price of the currency. It's a 10% move in your account and how much you've made. So when a lot of people approach this market, they think, okay, I want to make you know, 500%. I want to make 1,000%. And that's really unrealistic. What you want to do is you want to, you want to look at it the same way you look at your stock trading, your stock investments, and determine the percentage based upon um, the amount in your accounts, not based upon the, the price of the currency, because a 10% move is you know, not something that we see very often in a currency. And this comes off of the fact that, you know, one time I was at um, a trade show again, and I was meet- I met this trader. He said to me, look, Kathy, you know, you're supposed to be a professional and expert doing this. Well, can you um, beat some of these winners of the uh, monthly trading contests that uh, different brokers have on a regular basis? And I said to this trader, well, you know, considering that these um, winners make anywhere between you know, 500% to 1,000% a month, if I were to beat them every single month, that
that would mean I would make 5,000% and 10,000% a year, which, you know, I must be doing something very, very risky in order to achieve those um, rates of return. And it's probably not something that um, will be replicable um, year after year, even month after month. So that's why people have to get out of the mindset that this is the 1,000% market and think about it as, you know, just another asset class, place for diversification, because currencies are here to stay. We have about a minute to go, and summing things up, tell people why it is worth getting into Forex trading, even if they've never done it before. Currencies are becoming a much more um, popular asset class for many people to get into. And I think that it's just worthwhile for you to start thinking about it because currencies affect um, not only you know how day-to-day movements in terms of exchange rates, but it also affects the profitability of companies. It affects um, you know our travel plans. And it, you know it, it impacts a lot of our lives. And I think that you know many people are getting involved in currencies because they're starting to realize that it's a different asset class that can be offered diversification that you know other asset classes may not. And it's it's time to get on the boat and see what everyone's focusing on. Whether or not you choose to trade currencies is a different story, but I think it's important to look at it um, as a possibility of a different instrument to trade and invest in. Thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Kathy Lean. Uh, she is Director of Currency Research for Global Forex Trading. Uh, she just came out with this book called The Little Book of Currency Trading, How to Make Big Profits in the World of Forex, uh, published by John Wiley. Thanks so much for being on The Money Answer Show, Kathy. It's been a pleasure. And we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.